This offseason, the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension that would have tied him to Green Bay for five more seasons and made him the highest-paid quarterback and player in football. Rodgers declined that offer. Proof, it's not about the money. Let's go down in life out here. It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's T Diddy, NFL on Twitter, and of course, one of the group at UK Packers. And as you heard from the top of the show, that's Adam Schefter's tweet. That was from that show with uh, First Take um, uh, with Stephen A and Molly and the Max dude. And they're talking about, you know, him turning that thing down. Um, now, this is where it's real clown cart stuff, right? Uh, this news was released months ago. So I think um, it was Aaron Nagler, I think, was sort of collating all the months that different people said that Tom Silverstein, Silverstein uh, came out in March. It was said again in April, said again in May. And here we are, July, and this is released as breaking news, apparently. Um, but why it's clown card stuff is because of that. So they're, they're drumming out this crap again. They also did it on the day that the books were due to play and then subsequently went on and won the championship with Giannis, uh, who is... You know, I showed my admiration for him on social media. You know, a superstar in Wisconsin sports who seems to have his feet firmly planted on the ground. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play through what Stephen A said. And the reason I'm doing it is, right, and before anybody starts moaning at me about, you don't bring family into this, I'm not bringing family into it. But what I would say is Stephen A said this and he posted it on his Twitter and I'm going to play an extended version and I'm going to kind of break it down, not in a dumb way. Like, oh, he said the word this, so it begins with TH and uh, let's break that down. What's he mean by that? Um, so two two very important people in Aaron Rodgers' life went and, and this isn't about them, by the way, but they went and retweeted or quote tweeted um, this video. Um, his fiance retweeted it. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what, let me put it into perspective, right? I'm not I'm not jumping on uh, Shally Mudley or Aaron Rodgers' fiance. It's It's got absolutely nothing to do with her, right? But what I would say is, is that if there was a rumour seeker going around, if I was a super-duper rich, famous guy, and there was a rumour going around that I got done for something like drunk driving, let's say, and I didn't say anything about it, but the speculation was rife, and then someone comes out with a video about how drunk driving isn't all that bad, and then my fiance retweets it, um, that you can basically say that's come out of my mouth. Now, I've got another theory about how this is even closer to home. However, um, be it a fiancé, be it a brother, if if my brother Daryl did it, if my mother did it, if my f- best friend did it, if anyone retweeted that uh, and it was, the, it was assumed that they had an inside track and how much more of an inside track do you need? Because he spent all off-season with his fiancé. It's not as if she's out of the loop here. So whatever Stephen A said, and we'll go through it, is something that she agrees with. And if you're someone's fiancé, you're fairly close to it. Now, I don't um, have any feeling towards her at all. I, in fact, I I lobby towards the fact that I, I wish people would have a private life, but also am wise enough to know the way the world should work and the way the world does work is quite different. If you're a superstar athlete getting paid a couple of hundred million, unfortunately, um, all of your personal life becomes tabloid, uh, gutter press stuff. But I'm not doing that here. All I'm saying is, is that if your fiance retweets something as quickly as she did 
uh, well then she must agree with the sentiment and uh, don't believe that stuff that you read about retweets do not mean endorsements uh, i'm not going to retweet some nazi propaganda onto my page without context if i truly didn't believe in what was said not unless i'm lampooning it but again i wouldn't leave it up to chance that i just retweet it without context now another person um so shelly woodley's mother retweeted it so aaron rogers um future mother-in-law uh, presumably, um, Larry Woodley quote tweeted and said spoken truth. Um, so there's something very interesting that Stephen A says in this, and I'll st- just remember I said that right. And I'm going to stop the clip when he says it, and I'm going to that puts more context on what this spoken truth stuff means. So again, this is Aaron Rodgers' mother-in-law. I don't know if he's been around her, has he been around her, but you know, the thing is, is if he hasn't said anything to her which could be a possibility, right? Common sense would tell you that you don't wade into something like that and say that's facts if you don't believe that to be true. Now, you might say, well, that has nothing to do with Rogers. Let's just put it this way, and this is what I'm going to do in this podcast. Because no one's being an adult in this whole situation and they're all being babies, so how about I go and tackle this face on? Now, I don't know whether it's being uh, an Irishman or whether it's being a guy who sort of shoots from the hip or whatever and says how I feel. And I don't mean that's some weird sort of braggart way, right? But I'm a guy who just says it how it is. I, I tackle stuff head on. So that's exactly what I'm going to do with this situation. I call um, it is what it is here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the clip and I'm going to talk about sort of what stands out to me and the pure BS of it all. Um, and then I'm going to ask some questions. But I'm going to be quite frank about the whole deal because, to be honest, it's tiresome at this stage. But I'm going to roll Stephen A and I'm going to stop him at parts where I'm going to point out some stuff. So here we go. Well, first things first, good morning to both of you. Good uh, morning. Secondly, secondly um, you know what? Well, it's not proof that he's going to leave the Packers because, again, they still have his rights uh, at least for another year when ultimately if they made the decision to depart from him, it would be cap friendly to the Green Bay Packers. But once again, you know, this is the kind of thing I, I have to admit, I saw this story. I saw this breaking news from the great Adam Schefter. So, flaw number one, it's not breaking news. It's been out there for ages. So he goes on in this rant to talk about how he can't believe some of his fellow professionals believe a certain thing and how they can't see the writing on the wall. Yet he also feeds into the narrative that this is somehow breaking news, showing his own ignorance in this topic. Um, There's great entertainment value with Stephen A. Smith um, as a journalist, you know, He's he's blown up for a reason, you know, um, but this type of nonsense, you see, the thing is, is when you cover a team as closely as we all do, uh, you included listening, um, but then you get this type of nonsense. That's what's kind of annoying. So first off, this is not breaking news. He also calls him the great Adam Schefter. I've got opinions oh, on that. And too. I was utterly disgusted. And it was not just at the Green Bay Packers, Molly and Max. It's at all of these NFL aficionados, people that we have working here at this network, people that we have that we see working on the NFL and beyond at other networks and what have you. All the people that have been connected with the National Football League, who's played in the National Football League, who walks around acting like they don't understand a damn thing that I'm saying. The bottom line is this. This is proof of what I've been talking about for months. It's not about football. It's not just about the money. So stop there. Anybody who actually thought, it's, this is one of those things, you know, where people go, oh, people always ask me. And you're like, oh, literally no one asks you. No one asks you that. No one. Uh, you know, it's a reason for you to spout your opinion as if it's against the grain. It's not against the grain. We all knew it wasn't about the money. 
or particularly about football, even though the rumours that had come out, even from the great Adam Schefter himself, was about that he wanted a decision in football. Look, he's a football player. Of course, it's football related. Um, and he goes to sort of shoot himself in the foot here later. But, you know, it's not as if what he's saying for months, he's been the only one. We've known it for forever now. It's not just, and it certainly isn't about. And I'd stop there as well. It's not just about the money. Yeah, keep that in mind. The Green Bay Packers were 13 and 3 in back to back years under Matt LaFleur as the head coach. They went to back to back NFC Championship games, which means they were a part of the Final Four for two consecutive years. What idiot out there would possibly think this is football? This is. No one. Very few. Very few think this is about football. So this thing about like, oh, what fool out there thinks it. We all didn't think it. We knew exactly what the story was. You need to know the backstory to the relationship of Rodgers and the Packers and what went on all this time. And if you really think it's because they just drafted Jordan Love, it's an awful lot deeper than that. What about football? This is about the way that the Green Bay Packers have treated their star player. They have disregarded him. They have dismissed him. They have minimized him. They've disrespected him. So, you know, this is a point where I'd love to be talking to him live. What does he mean by all of that? What does he mean disrespected, disregarded, done this, that and the other? They've been the highest paid player ever. Now, you might say, oh, yeah, well, you know, they did this and they did that and they did the other two. Like, we don't know any of that. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Um, there's all this fortune teller soothsayer crap about that he didn't mention the GM um, when he was talking about it. And then he mentions the GM about the books and says what a great GM he is. So Stephen A has just proven that the tools that Rodgers has been given has brought him to the doorstep of the Super Bowl each and every time. That's consistency. So try to get that somewhere else. Let's carry on. He said, bump y'all. Enough's enough. And to me, to watch and listen to people who are experts on the National Football League, who know football back and forth, who I'm proud to call colleagues, who know who have forgotten more football than I will ever know, but are prideful, prideful men who would speak eloquently and ad nauseum about the need, the zest, the craving for respect to act like you can't comprehend what the hell Aaron Rodgers has been saying all of these months, this entire offseason. And there it is. So he says, how are people not listening to what Aaron Rodgers has been saying for all of these months? Um, did I miss the, the news conference where Aaron Rodgers actually said anything? Apart from a smarmy t-shirt or a sort of comment about not mentioning the GM. Have I missed... What he's been saying, how does he know what Aaron Rodgers has been saying? Because we sure as hell don't. I spoke to Rob Domofsky and even he was saying he can't decipher after all this time what Aaron Rodgers is saying. And we joke to say, well, he hasn't said anything, so to try to decipher that. So what is Stephen A talking about that we haven't listened to what Aaron Rodgers has been saying? Now, you might come up with some philosophical BS about, oh, his silence is, says enough. And I saw some other response to say, you know, because his fiance retweeted it, she's told them more than what Shefty's said over blah, blah, blah. And you know what? If it comes from your fiance and they're retweeting something, that is an endorsement from you. That's the closest thing we've got to Aaron Rodgers actually saying anything of value without trolling the fan base and the organization and everything else. Because we've only had his close mates that have come out and spoken for him. The only one who hasn't really articulated what's going on in this situation is himself. But we can kind of deem it if his mother-in-law and his fiance is coming out and retweeting stuff that that's his sentiments. Because otherwise... You best believe, bringing up that sort of drunk driving thing, you best believe if, if Joan had retweeted something about drunk driving 
and it wasn't true, you're damn sure I'd ask her or my brother or my family or my friends to take that goddamn thing down and don't be retweeting at the Stoke Flames and the fire. And if it wasn't true and I let them do it, just to try throw the cat amongst the pigeons and ha ha ha, let's laugh at the media, um, well then I've only got myself to blame when people put that onus on me that that's what I said. So um, where's Stephen A getting his info from? Because we know, um, and I'm not going into conspiracy theory stuff here, but I'm very confused by what he says here. You know, after he calls all his colleagues, his respected colleagues, prideful colleagues, idiots, um, now he's going on about, have we not listened to what Aaron has said? To me, I haven't heard him say anything, apart from these retweets, which is which is an endorsement. But that happens, obviously, He re they retweet this. So we know that when um, the guy came out, and again, from what you can believe, uh, you know, caveat and all that kind of lark, but some pundit came out on a radio station, I think in Denver, to say that the Broncos were close with a deal on draft night and Rogers allegedly but this comes from the guy himself reached out to him and said what have you heard so we know Aaron has the capability and the willingness to reach out to press people so Stephen A apparently knows what Rogers has been saying for the last couple of months but I haven't heard him say it beyond me he doesn't want to be a part of the Packers organization so there we go he doesn't want to be part of the Packers organization this was a thing remember retweeted by Aaron's uh, beloved people you know so <laughs> because we've seen the evidence from mark murphy who tried to put a different spin on it weeks ago and tried to throw it back on aaron Rodgers. we know that matt lafleur is known for passing the buck so there we go we know matt lafleur is known for passing the book matt lafleur is famous and particularly famous on this podcast for the phrase that he uses did a good job did a good job and he always takes the blame and the fall for absolutely everything and the person who put the blame, in fact, after that game uh, was Aaron Rodgers when he said that they should have went for it. Tom Brady even took the piss out of it. So if there's anybody that tried to throw someone under the bus after that game, it was Aaron Rodgers when he said that, you know, that was a blunder, that that wasn't his decision. So it's a bit strange that Stephen A can say that Matt LaFleur is known for passing the book. He said one questionable thing, I will say, uh, about Petten. And he was talking about the fact that he just lets him run with it. But really, the accountability for that still kind of falls on Matt LaFleur, right? You're the head coach, you're in charge of the defensive coordinator. If you let him free reign, then it's your fault if something goes wrong. So, look, I'm not a homer here um, and saying the whole organization is right because I've got other stuff to say after this whole thing. But what I would say is, is that that notion that we know Matt LaFleur is known for passing the book, to me, that's not public knowledge. So if there's something going on behind the scenes or Stephen A is privy to certain information that Matt LaFleur does pass the book and blames other people, um, well then I haven't seen that in the media because anytime the Packers lose, he says the coaches need to do a better job. Let's move on. Referring to other people in terms of accountability, which is something else that has turned Aaron Rodgers off. We know Brian Gutekind is nothing more than an extension of Mark Murphy because he likes his job and he wants to keep it. They have dis respected this man and you're not buying him off and this latest story just proves all they're trying to do is recreate a narrative they knew that Aaron Rodgers wasn't interested in the money they just did it for public consumption so the rest of us will buy that they want to keep him so they could cover themselves instead of dealing with the accountability that they have for mistreating that man period um 
Interesting. What Max goes on to say, and I will—I wasn't going to play it, but I will—I will play a bit of that because it's—it's it's blood boilingly ludicrous. So Stephen A, I wonder, like he's saying, we know this and we know Gudekunz is an extension of Mark Murphy because he wants to keep his job, as if you know, being the general manager underneath the de facto owner, as you know, kind of Mark Murphy fills in that role for the Packers. So as if like by trying to do a good job. Um, you're somehow accountable. That's kind of how life works. Now, what I would say is, and this is the real question here, right? Is we have to look at why did the Packers look to move on or potentially move on and draft a quarterback from Aaron Rodgers? I think if you're, you know, if you're a sort of serious enough fan or you're a listener to this podcast over a long period of time, uh, you'll know certainly how we feel about it. Um, Peter went and, and did all the stats on it. Aaron Rodgers' play, and it's this is well known if if you don't listen to just a national syndicated crap that comes out. Aaron Rodgers' play was dipping. Now you can say, oh well, yeah. and here's what it, I'll stop at this juncture as well and just say this is that because I am critical of the whole situation on both sides, but just because uh, you know I'm not falling into the like you know wearing the Aaron Rodgers T-shirt and saying that he can do no wrong here and genuflecting in front of him doesn't mean that I want him to leave. He deserves to leave. Screw him. And I don't appreciate what he's done for the franchise. That's not what I'm saying. And because the, the real deal is, is like stepping on a crack in the pavement. It, you know, apart from your superstition, that does nothing. So by saying to someone, you know, who has an opinion like me, oh, well, I hope you're willing to like be down on the dogs and you're happy when this all goes to shit. What I would say is, is I'm not making this go this way. This is going this way. And I have a commentary on it. I understand how important a quarterback is to a team. Um, let me get back to the point, right? So the Packers went and they felt the need to get a replacement in sooner rather than later. Why? Are they so, so bad at their jobs is that they mishandled this whole thing incredibly from day one. Here's the other one. So he signed a contract. He's a year in. He signed a contract for four years. Um, and he's a year in and he's locked in at least till the second year, basically. And then the Packers have a get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, is Aaron Rodgers easy E? And is Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy Shug Knight? And did they force his signature on that contract? Or was he the highest paid player at his position and he signed the contract willingly? It's the second one, right? So he was quite willing to sign that contract. So if he was so mistreated and disrespected over the years, why did a grown man sit down and put ink to paper and sign up for another four years of that disrespect. Why did a man also sign a contract where it was within that terms of the contract that he could be turfed out after two years? It sounds to me that that's a guy who didn't think it was going to happen and he was willing to put up with that disrespect or whatever is going on behind the scenes. I'm not saying that there isn't the stuff that's gone on that's upset him. We wouldn't be at this juncture if he didn't feel that way. And that's fine. He's entitled to his opinion and his opinion you know, from the sheer weight and, and all of that is, is obviously carries weight and there is something going on. That's fine. I can't comment on that because I don't know what it is. But what I would say is, is that if I worked for a place and I felt that it was the disrespect and disregard was so systemic is that I had to basically give up a massive pile of money and throw my whole legacy into disregard, which we all know he was obsessed with because you know, he used to bang the ball up into the stands because he didn't want to throw interceptions. And he admitted it himself he was kind of obsessed with the stats, right? That was a known thing with him as well. So here's a guy who's absolutely obsessed with the numbers, yet he's willing to go and scupper all of that with the organisation that he's currently with. So there is something going on. But why did the Packers feel like 
If he was so indispensable and so good and was the key to that organization and they couldn't live without him, why would the Packers in any way jeopardize that relationship like they have done? You best believe if my only option to get to work was a car, but I was willing to ride that thing around corners with reckless abandon. You'd have to believe that there's something going on there. What is going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers that they were so willing to let it get to this situation? And that's the key. Now, you might think, oh, well, they shouldn't have. They made a mistake there. You know, they went down this road. I'll go back to it again. We've got a grown man who signed a four-year deal who, after a year and an MVP season, thought he had leverage and he doesn't have any leverage in reality, right? So anybody, anybody, Max goes on to say, oh, look, he has all the playing cards. He has none, none. He's no playing cards. Now, you can't say, like, he wins if he sits out and he can pay back all the money. He's rich enough and then they have to trade him. That's fine. The other thing, a, a, a spoiler alert, Max goes on to say, oh, they're going to get picks for him. They're not going to do that this year. It's silly. We've already discussed that and Rob Domofsky went into it also. They're not going to trade him away now to a team where they're not going to get high first round picks. They're going to want the team to suck. They're going to want that sucky team to want him and they're going to get all of their great first round picks so the Packers can rebuild that franchise in some way around Jordan Love. And I've also said it before as well, they're not going to replace Aaron Rodgers. He's a generational talent. He might be the best that will ever play the game. But he's put himself in this situation. The Packers have also put themselves in this situation. And what I would ask is, is if someone or something is so important in your life, you'll find that you're very willing to stay tight-lipped and, and put up on an awful lot of stuff. But sometimes when that relationship gets so bad, you're willing to risk it because it's just simply not worth it anymore. So we had a guy whose play was diminishing. He was rolling his eyes and undermining his coach. He threw his coach under the bus and effectively got him sacked. Um, you know, and we, we've heard anecdotal evidence that he's difficult to deal with. You know, that was, you know, there's a reason why that was in the gutter press uh, about, oh, is he going to actually get along with Matt LaFleur? A serious consideration for him was, would he actually get along with this guy? Now, if you had a coach going into Kansas City, would they be talking about, would Patrick Mahomes get along with him or would he not respect him? You know, if they had someone going into the Saints organization, would they turn around and say, you know, I know Drew Brees is gone now, but would they have turned around and said, oh, Drew Brees is going to be a stickler about all of this? You know, Tom Brady famously didn't get along with Bill Belichick, but the two of them made it work for long enough to come home with championships. And that's something that both the Packers and Aaron Rodgers don't seem willing to do. And as much as people say that's a blunder on the Packers organization to let it get this far, the key question for me is, is how come they were willing to let it go this far. There must have been a breaking point where they said, we can't put up with this anymore. I'll also throw in that Aaron Rodgers was getting um, injured a lot and sitting out seasons. And the system without Aaron Rodgers did not work at all. So I guess, I don't know, maybe they were thinking the only way to get the solution is to get fresh mind in here, to build a system that isn't based around Aaron Rodgers or to get rid of Aaron himself. Is it the right decision? Um, to get rid of a generational talent? No, probably not. But then I don't see what they see and I don't see if he was extremely difficult why they felt the need that this is the road that they had to go down. You know, desperate times, desperate measures. I'm not saying that's in, that's in play here. But I'm just saying it's, it, it's a ludicrous notion to think that the Packers got here by accident. Let's listen to what Max has to say. It's not just about the money. I think money's part of respect. I get the point, Stephen A. 
it's a larger respect issue. But to me, it's larger than that even. It's not just about the front office respecting Aaron Rodgers. At this point, this is what it's about. And, and Murphy and Guttenkunst have to get through this, this through their head. Again, there's a media pundit who can't say the word Guttenkunst. Be brave. In fact, I'd love for them just to repeat after me. Aaron Rodgers is my boss. That's what they... Yeah, and he goes on that tangent that Aaron Rodgers is the boss. No, he isn't. The Packers is a historic franchise here, right? No organization is only down to one person. And if you find your way uh, whittling down an organization to be super dependent and reliable on one person, you're in trouble. Look at Bill O'Brien for the Texans. Here's a guy that they believed in. They made him general manager. And now I know you're rolling your eyes that he's not the quarterback or whatever. Um, so you give this guy all the power and power corrupts. And that's exactly what's happened here. You cannot give Aaron Rodgers the be-all and end-all say. Otherwise, it completely undermines anybody else's authority to come in and put in a game plan because they don't respect him. How many times have we seen it not work out in sports where a player like Messi refuses to come off the pitch because he thinks he knows better? You know, there's a re Aaron Rodgers is an expert. He can read defenses and he's he probably could be the coach of the Packers and do exceptionally well. Uh, but Bart Starr was uh, the most winningest quarterback in Packers history and he became coach and that didn't work out. There's a bias there of when you work in an organization, if you get to run the team, if you have the inmates running the prison, they're going to do exactly what they want to do with disregard for other functions in the place. And that's exactly what would happen. There's a reason why in every job in the whole world, there's a segregation of duties. And there's also a reason why when you have anybody who has just complete and utter full control, that you'll find that there's some level of lunacy and corruption that goes on. Only this week, we saw Jeff Bezos launch himself into space. That guy can do whatever the hell he wants. So do you want to give Aaron Rodgers the key to the rocket launcher? <laughs> you know, the key to the... The phallic-shaped space shuttle here? Or is it a clever decision for all involved, for an organization who doesn't have a rich owner to bail them out, is to not give your most important player absolutely no doubt. Your best player, it isn't even in question. The keys to the gates. Of course you don't do that. It's ridiculous. So he wants Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst to turn around and say, you're my boss, whatever you say goes. Now, should a star quarterback have an awful lot of clout in the organisation? You're damn right. If he was the key to the organisation, should the organisation, you know, bend in whatever way they have to, to try and make him happy and keep him happy? Again, you're dead right. Did they do that with Aaron Rodgers? Yep, they did. They did. But if it's true that what he wanted them to do was is keep Jake Kumaro, that's the little decisions that maybe the Packers need to make for themselves. And Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's the equivalent to this, right? You're working on a team and the higher-ups, they gut your team and they leave only you and some other person there. And you're disgruntled about it, right? And you're thinking, we were struggling enough as it is, but now you've ripped all our staff away. And so we're not going to be able to cope. And imagine then saying, I'm going to prove you wrong now and just how valuable I am to you by making this actually work in spite of the situation. Do you know what your higher-ups are going to do when you come in uh, meeting all those sale targets and exceeding it with just two people instead of five? They're going to say, I told you so. With what we gave you, we'd actually spoiled you up to this point. And what you've actually just proved to you and to us is that you could have done this all along, but for some reason you didn't do it. 
or they will look at your boss and they'll say before he or she came in this guy couldn't do this he could only play a part in a team of five since that boss is in there now well then he's after getting that productivity or she's after getting that productivity out of this star player to make them do the work of five with two people either way you look at it you've after kind of screwing yourself um, and Rodgers went arguably the other way when he started banging the ball up into the stands with Mike McCarthy, which then forced McCarthy out of the building because the results were appalling. So he's effectively got that team. He's got uh, he's proven good against right with some of the defensive players that he's brought in. Whether he likes it or not, that's kind of what's happened here. And he's only proven that the tools he was given has brought him to the cusp of the Super Bowl. And he's not blameless in those losses either. Again, you'd understand if he was doing a Patrick Mahomes effort where he was getting his ass put on the ground all the time. Uh, but again, there's there's famous instances where the defense turned over the ball. Now, it's more complex than that. I get it. But the question comes down to this. Why would you, if it was so bad, sign a contract, a long-term deal, and then turn around? And what happened that the disrespect then got so big? Now, you can say that they promised him on signing that contract that things would change. They promised him that it would change. And he agreed and said, right, that's the only reason I'm signing this contract. This needs to change. And they said, you're damn right, it's gone. And then they either got worse or didn't follow through with their promises. It's the same as a boyfriend or a husband or a wife who says, I did cheat on you and I have been horrible to you, but I promise this will not happen again. And you go, all right then. You know, it's not your fault that you've been treated poorly. But he had an option to not sign that thing or to put in some type of clause that would stop this from happening. But obviously the Packers, if they were being deceiving or underhanded or disrespectful in a certain way, allegedly, according to Stephen A, this has been going on a long time. The same with Rob Domofsky, he says it's been going on a long time. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, three times, four times, shame on me. There comes a point where if you sign the contract and it's a mistake, you just have to take the L and just carry on and then try to get out of it when you can. Because whatever he's saying about Aaron Rodgers has told us for months, that's not what I've been hearing. I haven't heard Aaron Rodgers say jack about any of this, but I have seen people now very close to him retweeting stuff about how it is about disrespect and about this, that and the other. And Max goes on to say even more nonsense about that Aaron Rodgers holds all the cards and the need to trade him. So again, the you know the type of nonsense that Stephen A actually gives out about gets spit back at him immediately, um, which is just bonkers. So my takeaway from all of this is is this it, he speaks. This is the first time we've heard Aaron Rodgers' voice here, because whatever he has uttered to the people very close to him was echoed enough in what Stephen A had said for them to warrant that with, this is what I want people to know. So if this is the first time he has spoken. So whatever about Stephen A saying that what he said up to this point, it's what he said, it's what Stephen A said is what Aaron wanted to say, and I find that curious. So did, did Aaron talk to him? I don't know, decide for yourself. We'll never know, will we? Unless that comes out as well from Adam Schefter in about four years' time. So... You know, there has to be some accountability here from adults. Here's my takeaway, and I'll finish with this. Why were the Packers so willing to let this relationship disintegrate? You have to imagine there's something going on behind the scenes here. What is so bad about the situation? Because let's face it, right? 
Green Bay are in a massively vulnerable situation. Certainly on paper. They've no rich owner. They depend on Mark Murphy to steer the ship. People give out about him and say he's not qualified, even though he was a rep for the players back when they held out. And he also played football. And he's also a lawyer. Um, is he perfect? No. Uh, does he say wrong things? Yeah, very questionable things. Um, but to be honest with you, in this environment, be it good or bad, I like the candor. I'm not saying what he's saying is right, but at least, you know, we get something that is close to the truth. Um, why, why did they let the situation get this bad? You know, and there's some obvious reasons, but there's also probably some stuff behind the scenes. And you'd have to wonder why. Um, if you see, a, you know, a guy selling a car, a Lamborghini online and he wants to get rid of it, it's because he wants to get rid of it for some reason. <laughs> He's not selling it at a duress. If you see, I always see this all the time, you know, you see Brad Pitt gets broken up with or something. And people are like, oh my God, I can't believe she let him go. And you're kind of thinking, it's more than just looks, right? You know, there's other stuff going on behind the scenes that you don't know. So why did the Packers let Brad Pitt go? And also, um, what disrespectful thing happened after Aaron signed that contract that he willingly signed that was so bad now that he wants to pull out? And when are people going to say that it's up to him to honour this contract that he signed or sit out because no one made him sign it and also if he's willing to let his close family members retweet stuff um, well then we have to take it that that's coming from his own mouth and you might go that's unfair no it's not because if there was something going on around about me and Joan retweeted it I wouldn't blame people for thinking that that came from me also when Stephen A says have we not listened to what he said and he hasn't actually said anything well then you can't put it past people thinking that he somehow has some type of inside track into something or he's assuming but it's a bit of a bold move to retweet something that someone's assuming it might as well have just came from him that's all I'll say about it so an awful lot of people not saying uh, the honest thing there's an awful lot of people out there who are sugarcoating it or you know whatever there is some people who are saying it straight um, but that's how I feel about it. Haven't passed judgment on anything. I've just, I don't know, called it how I've seen it. Anyway, training camp is just around the corner. All of this won't matter until we see what happens at training camp. Um, it's not one of those things I talked about at the top of the podcast. People always ask me. I've got a lot of messages from from many people asking, what do I think is going to happen? Um, with the power of that retweet, I believe that he's not coming back. And that's not the reason why I sort of said how I felt about all of this, because, you know, there's many people at fault here. Um, if that's even what you want to call it. But if a relationship isn't working, you kind of can't blame both sides for wanting to get out of it. Um, but yeah, from from seeing that, from seeing Stephen A say he doesn't want to be part of this, that it's not even about football anymore, then I really can't see Rogers coming back to the Packers. And that is what it is. He's not coming back because I said <laughs> any of this. He's just, he's not coming back. Um, so we'll see in training camp what actually happens. But regards to Aaron having all the cards, he has no leverage. None. The only thing he can remove himself from the situation is, is literally himself. Um, he'll pay a penalty for that and he will penalise the organisation because no Aaron Rodgers is awful. Being without Aaron Rodgers is terrible. The team are going to have to try and make this thing work. Um, but when your ass is on the line, like Murphy's and Gudekunst, uh, they're not going to go out of their way to scupper that relationship if they didn't feel that, you know, they they were somehow backed into a corner the same as obviously Aaron feels the same. So there it is. That's me. 
at the Paddy Parker on Instagram, at SteedyTheNFL on Twitter, at UK Packers for the group account. Training camp is coming. We'll have real stuff to talk about and we'll know exactly what the truth is then. Kinda. But until then, talk to you next week.